Hello and welcome to your Actives Beyond the Byline podcast. I am Evi Chiori and this week we are discussing the Social Climate Fund. Representatives of the Parliament, the Council and the Commission met to discuss the Social Climate Fund proposal, which is considered one of the most important pieces of the jigsaw puzzle of Fit for 55, as the fund is mostly related to climate justice. But what is the Social Climate Fund? Who can benefit from it? And is this fund affected by the existing energy crisis? The idea of the Social Climate Fund is to address both the social and climate crisis in parallel and to help households who need it most to adapt to and benefit from the transition away from fossil fuels. But to understand a bit better what is this fund and why it's important, I spoke with MEP Petros Kokalis, who is Shadow Rapporteur on the Social Climate Fund. And I also spoke with Euractiv's Energy and Environment Editor, Frederick Simon. So to begin with, what is the Social Climate Fund? So the Social Climate Fund was put on the table in July 2021. That was part of this package of energy and climate legislation called Fit for 55 because um, the, the objective is to reduce uh, emissions in Europe by 55% uh, before the end of uh, the 2020s, so by 2030. Frederick Simon is Euractiv's Energy and Environment Editor. And the Social Climate Fund was a bit of a last-minute addition from the European Commission. They realized at the time that what was being asked from, from industry, but also from individual households, was probably going to be a bit painful and costly. Um, and they came to that realization a bit late, apparently. Uh, and so they added at the last moment this proposal for a social climate fund uh, and that came out together with this bigger package uh, called Fit for 55. So that's how it came uh, into being. The fund itself is considered an innovation according to MEP Petros Kokalis who admits that this proposal is also controversial. Well, the Social Climate Fund is a very, uh, it's a policy innovation in in my view and I think in general view, it's a very important piece of the jigsaw puzzle of Fit for 55. It's the only file in Fit for 55 which is not about uh, reducing emissions, but it's about climate justice. It's about uh, following on the footsteps of uh, of the loss and damage discussion which was held in COP27 Uh, between countries, the idea that those least responsible for the uh, effects of uh, climate change and those who are also the least able to uh, transition and protect themselves uh, should not be the ones that pay for them. So um, so this is a very complicated file. It's a very important policy innovation because as we move towards uh, zero carbon, uh, in my mind at least, it's going to be a lot about um, policy and cultural uh, innovation rather than technological or economic innovation. Uh, so um, uh, this is a very uh, interesting and, 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 and new way to think about things. Uh, of course, it's also very controversial. Uh, the Social Climate Fund is based on uh, the idea of the introduction of the ETS for buildings and road transport. 
ETS, Emission Trading System, is a cornerstone of the EU's policy to combat climate change and is key tool to reducing greenhouse gas emissions costs effectively. And ETS2, or ETS for road transport, is the foundation of the policy framework for decarbonizing road transport. The EP mandate, the Parliament mandate, uh, wants that to um, apply only to uh, commercial resident, uh, commercial buildings and, uh, and commercial transportation and not to uh, private houses and private cars. This is not where the Council stands, uh, neither it is the Commission's proposal. Of course, we all recognize that uh, to hit our, our emission targets, we need to decarbonize the housing and the transportation sector. Um, however, as per the Parliament, we are very reluctant and we are very mindful of the um, of the mistakes that can be made that can have a tremendous political and cultural cost. And we keep in mind the uh, yellow vests uh, in France. The yellow vest protests took place in France in November 2018, when French President Emmanuel Macron, as a part of his environmental policy strategy, announced a green tax on fuel. Uh, so um, this has not been yet resolved, and it is also a file that has the peculiarity that it rests on the outcome of a different negotiation going on about ETS. So um, so both the size of the financial envelope and what precisely is going to be uh, included into a carbon price has to come from a different negotiating table. But why is this fund so controversial, Fred? What you need to understand about the uh, the proposal for a social climate fund is that it was initially designed for one very specific proposal, which is the extension of the emissions trading schemes, so the carbon trading system, which currently applies mainly to industry and the power sector. You know that uh, with that system, you put a price um, on on emissions, you put a cap on emissions, you put a uh, a price on the emissions as well, and then companies can trade the emission uh, allowances. And so those which are less polluting can make a profit from selling those allowances to those which pollute more. Now, the Commission, um, in its Fit for 55 proposal, put forward an idea which is quite controversial, which is to extend this carbon trading scheme to the transport and heating sector. And what does that mean? Well, it means that at the end of the day, what you're likely going to get is an increase in the price of uh, petrol and diesel at the pump, and also an increase in the price of heating fuels, uh, gas, uh, some heat themselves uh, still with oil. And, um, and so the Social Climate Fund was meant to compensate for that. Uh, and, and the scope of the Climate Fund was meant to be just for this, not for broader uh, social uh, policy um, topics or, or, or objectives. For now, politicians are trying to bridge their differences on the matter, meaning that the negotiations on the fund will keep going. At the point where we are now, we are making some progress with the council. We are trying to iron out differences. We have a lot of differences. Um, there are only so many I can go into due to the fact that you know we're not supposed to disclose what exactly is being discussed in the dialogue. Uh, however, there are very large differences, especially on the finance side of things.
You're listening to Your Actives Beyond the Byline podcast. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter on youractive.com slash newsletters. And if you want to expand your knowledge on other fields, you can listen to our tech podcast and our agri-food podcast. And if you have any comments or ideas, you can drop a line at podcasts at youractive.com. The Social Climate Fund could be used as a relief mechanism for households to turn to greener solutions, even though it was not designed for this purpose. So in the current crisis, there is indeed a role that this fund can play, because um, if you give money to households so that they uh, ditch, uh, for example, their gas boiler and replace those with a heat pump, for example, which is renewable energy and consumes less, that is good for the climate. It's good also for energy security. So that is something that could indeed help. It wasn't designed to do this in the first place because the Social Climate Fund came out, the proposal came out before the uh, the Ukraine war, but indeed it, it could help. Now, with the crisis that we're currently seeing, the reaction from the MEPs, uh, lawmakers in the European Parliament, is basically to say, well, hang on, we need to probably delay the introduction of this um, um, uh, carbon price for heating and transport because households are already coming under a lot of pressure. Uh, The energy bills have tripled, quadrupled uh, in some places, and people are already feeling difficulties paying uh, their energy bills. And it seems that the implementation of this fund will be pushed further since Europe is already facing the consequences of its dependence on Russian gas. So what lawmakers have decided to do was to postpone the entry into force of uh, this uh, new uh, ETS2, this Carbon Price for Heating and Transport, and make sure that it doesn't apply at least until 2029. And if it does, if it ever um, comes into force, it would have to be part of a separate legislative proposal uh, and also come with a proper impact assessment, as they say, this is a cost-benefit analysis uh, that the European Commission should produce, and that would come maybe sometime in 2026. So basically, this has been, it's it's a ball that's been kicked into the long grass. Uh, The the agreement is not final uh, yet. This is what what I've just explained now. This is just the the result of uh, trilogue talks, which are still ongoing. But there's a consensus now that this shouldn't apply to households at least until 2029. Uh, We're experiencing uh, the uh the results of our uh, reluctance and delay in uh, moving in with the green transition uh, decades ago when we knew the problem and we understood the problem, not only since we learned about the problem of climate change, but also since 2014 when we realized that Russia was uh, prepared to, uh, um, uh, to, uh, to use uh, military violence to have a revisionist stance and we remained, um, we remained um, addicted to our Russian fossil fuel. So this is uh, a result of our own making in many ways. The most important aspect of this fund is social justice and making sure that the ones that cannot afford to invest in greener solutions will not be called to pay for the transition and the greenhouse gas emissions.
the social climate fund looks to looks to goes going forward it's not about uh, direct income so much what we want to see is a clear political signal that we do not expect that those that are least responsible and in our societies as well uh, we have to remember that it is the lower uh, the lower income quantile is uh, um, is not the one that is uh, doing the emissions, which is using the CO2. It is the high income quantile, which is using almost 50% of the emissions. So it's a clear political. It's about a clear political system and about investment in those communities which cannot afford to make the upfront investment for a transition. They cannot afford to isolate their homes. They cannot afford to. Um, install uh, um, clean energy production uh, units and that they certainly cannot afford to create uh, public transportation media. Uh, what is very important in this file as well is that it will be the first attempt to create a, a European-wide, uh, it hinges upon the creation because this is actually going to be uh, discussed in the energy efficiency directive. But we, to, for this file to work, we need to arrive at two uh, um, surely lacking uh, definitions, European definitions of energy poverty and of uh, transportation poverty. Um, so as we don't have a, a, an energy union in Europe, every member state defines energy poverty in a different way. So it is those people that we need to reach to make them, uh, to, to make them understand that we mean that we want to leave no one behind and uh, to show that uh, uh, climate justice is at the core of the Green Deal. And the Social Climate Fund is a crucial part of the Fit for 55 deal to reach carbon neutrality by 2050. The transition to carbon neutrality focuses on innovative ways to push economies to become greener. The transition to uh, carbon neutrality is not uh, a techno-economic exercise. It is uh, an exercise on a political and cultural exercise. It is about uh, finding new ways to gear our economy uh, into 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 more, uh, let's say, uh, beyond GDP. Uh, process that will allow more people to partake into the um, into the into the progress that our our economies are, are making so the social climate fund i repeat is the only non uh, technical file in the in the in the fit for 55 and in my view it is really the one to watch we know what we need to do to reduce emissions in ships in uh, in planes in, in trains in uh, in everywhere uh, but this is really the one to watch in terms of the uh, political progress we're making towards uh, a carbon-neutral Europe. Surprisingly, Europeans have been paying for energy less than they should be paying. That's why the price on carbon emissions will set an end to this. European countries need to apply big changes on how energy is produced and consumed and need to invest more on renewables. You have to realize that a lot of the energy, actually all the energy that we consume um, everywhere, not just in Europe, but in other countries as well, is basically subsidized. Um, we're paying much less for energy than actually we, we should be paying. And this is something that makes our lives um well, easier. It, it means we can move around quite cheaply. It means we can travel uh, very cheap to faraway places and uh, enjoy tourism, etc. Uh, with a price on carbon emissions, this is something that will probably slowly have to come to an end. 
people probably haven't fully realized this, but the more you move in the energy transition and the more you move on the path of the European Green Deal, the more expensive things will become as a result. There's no other way. I mean, there's no escaping. Energy will have to become more expensive, and especially fossil fuels. The whole point of the European Green Deal, in a way, is to increase the price of fossil fuels. And what we're seeing today with the crisis that we're in is that, well, the prices of fossil fuels have reached levels which are almost unprecedented. And this is the, 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 the good aspect of that, is that this is actually acting as an accelerator for the uh, for the green transition and what you're seeing is that the european commission and even uh, the member states are now fully on board with that idea of of trying to to leapfrog to the next uh, generation trying to achieve in this decade before 2030 a doubling almost of the amount of renewable energy that we have uh, this is in less than eight years probably um, so we're talking about a massive change in, in the way energy is produced and, uh, and, uh, and consumed. But this comes as well with, with a very high uh, price tag, and that hasn't been probably fully realized, uh, at least by the general public. Thank you very much. I am Evi Kiori and this was Euractiv's Beyond the Byline podcast. Visit Euractiv for the latest news and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on your favorite podcasting app. This episode was produced by myself with the help of Frederick Simon. Thank you for listening. 